Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are starting the week off on a mixed note this morning. Tokyo and Sydney are trending lower by about a third of a percent. Seoul is trading higher by the same margin. This follows some heavy selling in the U.S. markets on Thursday and Friday. Investors will also have their eyes on shares of China's largest semiconductor manufacturer today after the Trump administration said it is considering imposing export restrictions on the firm. More about that in a few minutes. First, though, let's welcome back Ryan Huang to help me take a look at all the business news you need to know for the week ahead. I had a great weekend. Mm. Two birthdays to celebrate. How was yours? Two birthdays and my how brother many cakes? and dad. Two birthdays, three cakes. <laughs> that's the equation at my house. Okay, can have never enough cakes. So uh, <laughs> that's a good weekend for you, and I think uh, this week is going to be great. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Given what happened last week, the consolidation in U.S. markets on Thursday and Friday was not particularly pretty, especially for tech stocks that had been leading the market. Over two sessions, Apple was down nearly 10%, Alphabet about 8%, Microsoft and Amazon had big losses as well. Ryan, is this negative sentiment likely to set the tone for Asian markets this week? Yeah, so that is the big lead that markets are watching. Uh, so looking at what we have so far this morning, it is a case of cautiousness. You've got investors trying to figure out where to go from here. And that is also ahead of tonight's Labor Day long weekend. So you will have another kind of empty, emptier news in terms of headlines um, that will be relatively, relatively more quiet. So looking at Monday's trading, it is likely to be quite muted. And so far, looking at what's been happening on the tech space, we've seen that go up for quite some time. And the idea behind it, the new theory around it is there has been a big push by options traders. So when they buy options, it requires someone on the other end to um, buy the actual stock. So that has been fueling the stock price increase. And then when you get a sell-off, that amplifies it as well. So there is potentially some momentum behind the sell-off in tech to continue, uh, taking into account those factors. So something to watch out for uh, as the week unfolds. All right. All right, Ryan, we always uh, do, do things game show style on this show occasionally. I've got a new one for you. We're going to put you in the flaming seat, the flaming red seat, where I get to ask you a series of questions about companies and stories and the news. We see how you do, and then we chat a bit more of the stories before we unleash the sharks, should you not get All enough right. stories. Right? All right. Uh, let's go. These two property agents are set to merge. Okay, so it is another sign of the consolidation in the property business. You've got several Singapore combining with Hutton's Asia. So this will make uh, or, or strengthen Hutton's agency from 3,000 odd agents to add on another potentially 600 agents. So all in, it will still retain its number four position as the, um, I guess, largest, fourth largest property agency in Singapore. But it's a sign that, you know, you kind of need skill, economies of skill. And I guess uh, in, turn, mm. in, in this uh, scenario, synergies for these um, to to really compete. So Hutton's will be able to leverage Savile's connections to get more uh, marketing deals in terms of um, being able to, able to market campaigns and new projects for developers. Really, really well done. Hold back the shocks, everybody. All right, can you name the top three property brokers in terms of agents? Okay, so right at the top is Propnex, and you've got ERA and Orange T is number three. 
just on a roll today. All right, next topic, Ryan, another local merger, this one in the REIT sector. Which two units of Capital Land are pushing ahead with a merger? Okay, so this one is uh, between Capital Malls Trust and Capital Commercial Trust. So this is significant because it is a bigger push after what they announced last week and they have sweetened the deal uh, to encourage this to really get pushed push, uh, through. So what's happening now is uh, they are pushing ahead with a higher accretion for DPU and they have also gotten CMT's manager to completely waive off the acquisition fee of around $111 million. So all this in the backdrop of what could potentially be more onerous rules coming up between intra-corporation mergers. And this in the backdrop of uh, what we've been seeing between ESR REIT and um, Sabana REIT. So that is playing out concurrently with what's going on here. And of course, uh, Capital, Land, Capital Land has been going through quite a tough time with COVID-19. So this has been in the back burner since January. And now they feel it is the right time to make a more aggressive push on this. Indeed. The deal is going to create one of the largest REITs in the region with a property portfolio that'll top $222 billion. But is this going to be a value play for investors? I'm going to put that question to my mm. guests coming up in Money and Me in the 10 o'clock hour today. All right. Next up, the insurance company that is pledging to hire 500 new consultants in Singapore over the next five years. Who is it? Yeah, so this is a brand called China Life Singapore. It is a bigger, well, more well-known in China. Uh, what's going on is they used to sell their insurance products through bank channels. So right now they want to expand by 500 agents to serve their clients directly. So it's quite good news when you have the job market in such a condition, you actually have someone trying to hire big. So China Life making big plans for the Singapore market in the insurance industry. What do you think China Life Insurance stands out for? Okay, so what they have is um, protection endowment, investment-linked insurance, and hybrid plans. So this is, I guess, also part of a whole um, equation of or conversation around how this business is getting more competitive and you need a personal touch to really serve um, yeah. the industry. Or I hear clients. that insure tech as well. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. We'll take a mm. closer look at that in a bit. Are you a fan of awards shows, Ryan? Uh, well, no. <laughs> no? Okay, the Oscars and the Grammy is still months away, but corporate awards season is upon us, and a Singapore bank has been named the best bank in the world for the third year running by a New York-based financial publication called Global Finance. So the winner, let's wait for the drum roll, the winner is DBS. So what about DBS's business stand stood out for the judges? Yeah, I'm not a fan of award shows unless I'm winning. So, <laughs> <laughs> so DBS stands out for getting number one globally for the third time in a row. So really remarkable achievement. And the latest one comes from this uh, financial magazine. It's called Global Finance. And why they say um, DBS deserves it is because uh, DBS has invested heavily in all things digital and they have created a culture for banking that's inclusive and efficient. So all that is paying off right now in the COVID-19 pandemic and that is why they feel DBS deserves another global accolade.
It's still early in the day, but has the news impacted DBS's share price at all? All right, good question. So looking at DBS's stock price right now, it is starting the opening minutes with a 0.1% drop. Mm. And that's interesting when you look at the other two banks. UOB is up by 0.1% and OCBC up by 0.6%. So still early days or early minutes So we'll see how that pans out for the rest of the day. Before we check in on the markets, we should share an update on US-China tensions. It's all I've been reading about could impact trading. The Trump administration is considering taking action against one of China's top chip makers, that company, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp. It says it does not have links to China's military. Bring us up to date. Yeah, so what's going on is, I guess, another um, proxy proxy war on the tech front. So this is now involving SMIC. This is the largest chip maker in China. So what's going on is if they go onto this blacklist, they will be restricted from receiving any supplies from US companies. So this might affect how they produce um, high-end gear and anything that requires US parts. So that is going to be uh, something that will threaten the US-China relationship, which now is centered on this blacklist that has more than 275 China-based companies. So SMIC, the latest in the crosshairs of this tech proxy war. Back here at home, the government says Parliament will debate an $8 billion support package next month. Is this likely to give a boost to shares? Yeah, so I was giving a good thought about this and casting my mind back to the previous times things were announced. Mm. And the latest we had was actually last week when Prime Minister Lee Sen Long spoke about it in Parliament that you know we will actually see more foreign companies come to Singapore despite what's going on. So on the back of that announcement, we saw REITs uh, getting a bit of a boost. And then if I cast my mind back to earlier on when we had on August 17 when DPM Heng actually announced that he was going to do this uh, $8 billion support package, shares actually didn't rise. And this was actually because of a wider market sentiment which was um, dragged down uh, by what happened on Wall Street. So um, on one part, I think what we're going to see in terms of impact if this um, debate in Parliament will trigger um, a rise in stock markets is if we will have the right momentum from Wall Street. Mm. And also you have to take into account this was already announced last, uh, last month. So some of that may have already been priced in. But maybe that could have some new support when you don't have a... Well, when you don't have um, when you have a dry news day, so maybe that could offer some support. All right, the Straits Times Index finished down a bit more than one percent last week at twenty five oh nine. How likely is it, Ryan, that the STI will test support at the twenty five hundred level this week? And do analysts think that that support level will hold? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? Twenty five oh nine. That is mm. actually the lowest levels in nearly a month. And right now, if I look at what's going on with this STI, it is just above water by 0.07% at 2,511. And and this week is relatively quiet on the data front. Um, what I guess to watch out for are the um, some of the central banks. In the picture, you've got the ECB. No rate changes expected, but you could see them hint of uh, more dervish moves to come. The Australian central bank um, is also uh, likely to well, make a I guess, um, decision. And right now, the market is betting that they will 
cut rates. So that's interesting to watch because they have tried not to do so for quite some time. So that could actually uh, weaken the Aussie dollar, which is up by around 30% this year. So that's something to watch out for in the uh, week ahead. Thanks very much, Ryan. And here is your award. The I Am Not Shark Bait Today Award. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.